Episode 251 of the Bevan James Iowa Show, Improving Your Personal Credibility. Radio team, welcome along to episode 251 of the Bevan James. I'll show you a fortnight podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. You may see that I'm losing my voice a little bit today. Um, I've been yelling too much. It happens sometimes in my life, so I'll, I'll try to persevere. Um, one thing is, is I talk a lot, <laughs> and, and at high volume, often a lot in my life. So I'll see how I go through with today. Now, I'm gonna be really honest. I, I was struggling for a topic today. Um, you know, the, the format of the show is very much interview one time, and then kind of me going deep into a subject. And and often what tends to happen is I'll have something that happens in my life or I've learned something or so when it comes to me creating content often it's by the time I sit down to do the show it's kind of already in my head very rarely do I sit down and go what am I going to talk about today and today is an example of that and I'm going to be honest so I've literally spent like the last 20 minutes kind of racking my brains for ideas and then something's come up in my mind which I really like the, the concept of digging deeper into which is this idea of personal credibility personal credibility that kind of within yourself and maybe even external credibility as well but that kind of personal credibility within yourself so I kind of spent 20 minutes just writing up some notes and coming up some concepts Um, so I'm going to go deep into this and I think it's a really important part of living a healthy life is actually having good personal credibility so We'll dig deep into that soon. Uh, outside of that, um, I do want to say we are going into temptation season, particularly in the southern hemisphere countries. Um, we are, you know, we're heading into that summer time of year. Um, and so it's just a really good time to take a moment to think about how you want to manage this time of year. I've done, I pretty much do this every year on the podcast, but the reason is that at this time of year, we face way more temptation. And how, why is it? Well, first of all, we have more functions. And we have more functions with more food and alcohol. Secondly, we have more time out of routine. So when you think about your everyday job, one of the good things about your everyday job is that you know, you're working most of the day. So when you're working, you're not facing temptation. Whereas if you go away on holiday and you go, let's say you go camping or you go somewhere with your family or your friends, Suddenly you're presented with a lot more temptation because there's more time to be in temptation. An example I often think about is we go camping with a big bunch of our friends and pretty much every meal is a smorgasbord. So you get up in the morning and they're cooking up some, they do these kind of eggs and a bread thing and some bacon and and they just put the food on the big table and you kind of make your smorgasbord breakfast. Then lunch is like a you know smorgasbord and dinner is always a smorgasbord. And let's be honest, most of us struggle to eat good portion sizes when we're in smorgasbord times. And so when you go, we go camping, suddenly I'm faced with, you know, we probably go camping for about seven or eight days. Um, I'm probably faced with smorgasbord eating, you know, 24 times in seven days or 28 days. And this is something to be aware of because 
suddenly I have more temptation in front of me. Like when I'm on holiday, I eat more breakfast than what I do when I'm at home. And because when I'm at home, I just have my morning routine, I have the same thing pretty much every day. And so just as we think about this period of time, and the reason we want to talk about this is we want to get to the other side of this time of year in a place with minimal damage done. Now, don't get me wrong, for a lot of people, the holiday time is the time to have a bit of temptation and to enjoy the temptation. And I've got nothing wrong with that. I think that's, that's totally fine. But what we don't want you to be the person who gets to the other side of Christmas and, you know, I had a client once who would put on like 15, 20 kg over Christmas time. Now, that's a massive problem because that's kind of like a, a four to six months journey to lose that weight off. So what we're trying to do is minimize damage over the holiday period, being aware that we're going into temptation season. And with that in mind, having some good strategies in place help yourself be successful so just some quick strategies around this first strategy would be choose your moments so let's say you've got three functions a week for the next weeks leading up to christmas well my advice to you would be choose one function where you may go deeper into temptation so you might choose one function where you drink a bit more alcohol or you eat a bit more food but that's going to be kind of like the one blowout for the week the other two functions are going to be a bit more relaxed, a bit more, go into it with the idea of I'm going to try to stay healthy in these functions. I just think that's a really good way of doing it. Instead of thinking every time I go out, I get to go crazy because I think that's one of the problems we face at this time of year. Second tip is you know, <laughs> remove yourself from the temptation when you're in the environments. And a good example of that is if you go around to a friend's house, I know when we entertain at our house and we have friends over, we put so much food on. Like seriously, because my wife likes to be entertaining, or we love entertaining. So you put so much food on and then everyone brings so much food around. And there's like there's this food galore. Now, I think setting up the environment is probably something to think about. But in those environments, the best thing you can do is don't stand by the food. Like if there's a couple of rooms in the house you're in, Go stand in another room and be social, you know, because if you stand by the food, your chance of eating more food increase massively. So just be aware of your environments, and as you're in your environments where temptations are around, just think to yourself, if I'm trying to be healthy in this environment, what's an easy way for me not to be close to the temptation? Uh, another little quick tip is if you are in that settings of holiday environment where you are suddenly got a lot more temptation in front of you. Go back to routine sometimes in that environment. So, for example, for me, when I go camping, maybe I should just go two bits of toast in the morning like I normally would in my everyday life. So go back to my normal food routine, even though it might be smorgasbord. Now, that is more challenging. I'm not going to deny it. But it's a good way to think about, you know, there, there might be that at night, I'll have the smorgasbord meal and maybe I'll have a little bit more. But for the rest of my day, I'm going to keep my pretty much my normal routine in place. So it's almost like you're picking your temptation moments throughout the day instead of having a day of overload routine. And then lastly, and, and there's many tips. And, and actually probably one of the things you want to think about is, oh, actually I'll do that last. So lastly, pick, pick your temptations. Now you guys know that my temptation is Coke Zero. And Coke Zero is Zero or Coke, no sugar nowadays, is, is, is a really good temptation to have because it's not that damaging, like really. You know, some people might say it's not that healthy for you, but if, if you have a choice between alcohol or Coke Zero, Coke Zero is a pretty good choice to have. So it's almost like, can you have a treat that's a healthy treat? You know, like, can you have a treat and a level of a treat that's a healthy treat? Now, I'll admit, when I go camping, in my holidays, it's one time where I allow myself to drink as much as I want, and I go OCT, I'm not going to deny it. I drink way too much Coke Zero on holiday. 
but it's kind of again, it's a pretty minor, minor thing. It's not like I'm drinking, you know, ten cans of beer a day. It's it's, it's a lot less damaging to the body. So, I kind of think to myself, well, this is a time of year where I will go a bit more crazy on my temptation. But this is actually a pretty healthy temptation. So, choosing temptations that are better choices for you. Like, let's even just use it like low carb alcohol. You know, like a low carb alcohol is better than a full carb alcohol. Now. You know, like alcohol consumption can be a problem over this time of year, but at least in the moments where you're going to have alcohol, choosing low carb is a better option. And then lastly, I just think ultimately be aware as you go through this season. You know, don't go into the season going, here's my chance to go crazy. Actually go into it going, I want to get to summer with, you know, not far off from where I am right now and using some of the strategies I talked about today, but also other strategies that you'll think about as you're being aware through this period can help you stay in the most healthy way possible through the holiday period. Okay, so before I get into the main gist of today's show, I just want to say a massive thank you to our patrons. Uh, these are the people who support me and what I do in every time I release an episode of the show. And first of all, we've got Rosa. Oh, when you become a patron, you get a cool nickname. If you want to become a patron, go to bevanjamesisles.com, click out, click on podcast, support me, go through the process. And what happens is basically every time I release a show, you donate some money towards the show. Uh, some of the patrons, and you also get a cool nickname. Some of the patrons are Rosa Scott, a digging deeper, a deeper level, sorry. We've got Scott Leadbelly McMillan. We've got Charlotte Music to the World Bell. We've got Ruel uh, Broncal. Brankio, sorry, uh, Street Fighter, and Josh, Complete Grit, Alice. These are all people who support what I do on this podcast. You guys are absolute blooming legends, so thank you for your support, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Anyway, let's get into the main gist of today's show. As I was saying earlier, this show is one that I've kind of just thought up on the cuff and it's kind of around this concept of personal credibility and I suppose a good place to start is what is personal credibility like when you think about personal credibility how would you define that in your mind it's it's yeah it's a really interesting thing to think about and I kind of wrote down a few things that I felt represent personal credibility I think personal credibility is a sense of alignment to who I truly are as a person. So this is kind of alignment, you know, like, you know, to your values, to your sense of self, to the things you want to do. Like, when you have personal credibility, there's a sense of you're, you're you're on target with those things. For example, honesty is something that's important to me in my life. And honesty is a really interesting one because it actually comes up quite a lot when you think about personal credibility, isn't it? Because if I'm not being honest, I feel I'm losing my personal credibility. Now, I'm very lucky because I live a life where I'm, I'm, I don't have to be dishonest. <laughs> uh, I suppose not many of us have to be dishonest, but, you know, like I, I'm very lucky in that my life, I never feel I'm living lies and I never feel I'm lying to people. Sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes I might exaggerate a story to make it a better story, <laughs> uh, but I think that's good storytelling. But when it comes to alignment of self, there's no disconnect between my values and how I'm living my values and I don't have to be dishonest about that. And I just think when we think about personal credibility, I think this idea of being true to oneself 
and is, is a really important part of that. And when I talk about being true to oneself, the great thing is, is that that is different for all of us. Like what me being true to me is, is completely different to what you being true to yourself is. But when I think about when I sit in that sense of personal credibility that I'm being true to who I am, that sense of alignment to who I am sits there really well. So I think that's one thing that would sit with personal credibility. Now, uh, now as I said, some of these concepts here, there'll be more, but I just kind of these are some of the ones I wrote down. Um, I think the idea that you live up to your word, and this can be kind of put in two ways, because have you ever been in a situation, I remember years ago I was at a party with a few of my workmates, and there's a guy I used to work with years ago who was a bit of a player, like this guy had partners, and everyone knew he cheated on his partners. Um, it was, you know, it, he didn't have much credibility overall, really, because he was a bit of a cheat. Um, and then he started going out with this girl, and we're at this party one day, and, and you could tell this girl wasn't his forever partner. Like, it was a real mismatch. And he started talking about what relationship meant to him, and he started talking about how, you know, he was representing himself, it's almost like really deeply in love with this girl and, you know, that relationship was really important to him. But but if you knew him, you knew deep down that this girl wasn't going to be around for long and she wasn't. You also knew that the words that coming out of his mouth were misaligned to the way that he was living his life. And it was really fascinating because everyone in the room knew the real situation and he just had, like, every word that came out of his mouth it just had no credibility because he wasn't the words that were coming out of his mouth weren't true to what he was as a person and it wasn't weren't true to his actions as a person and now if you were somebody who didn't know this guy at this party you thought oh he's a really nice guy he's really into this person but for those of us who did know him kind of knew that he may even be cheating behind this person's back right now and even if he isn't She's probably not going to be around for that long. And I don't know if he was cheating behind her back at that moment, but he definitely didn't last with that girl. And then I think of another guy in my life who I know who, who, who some would say is a player, you know, like, but I don't, I don't know. I, I just think he likes sex, you know, and um, he's very honest about his sex life. He's very honest that he's likes sex with lots of different people. He's very honest to those people. So like I've known girls who have kind of started showing interest in him in his honesty and they're like actually I don't we don't want to go down that path with you and he was like cool it, you know like here's what I am um and so as much as you know some people may not agree with his lifestyle although you know he's an adult he's allowed to have sex but if some people may not agree with that he definitely gets credibility like he's not trying to be something he's not and and he and what's really good about this guy is he just he represents that to his world and he's not a it's not you know, it's not dishonest, it's not, you know, and as much as, you know, like, I just, I, I actually have respect for this guy, because it's like, actually, this guy here is being true to his word, being true to who he is, and he's actually being fair to the other people involved as well, because when we think back to my friend who was a cheat, or the guy who was a cheat, he was very unfair to the people around him, because there was always going to be a cost to those people, whereas the guy who's the player, but who's who just likes lots of sex with different people, but is honest about it, he gives him a fair opportunity. Hey, here's the deal. Do you want it? If, if so, cool, let's do it down that path. If not, that's cool as well. Now, we could we could go deeper down this path, but we you probably know somebody that like that in your life. That person in your life who 
when you hear them represent themselves to others, you think, oh, I don't know if that's entirely true about you. You know, the, 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 what their word says is not true to their alignment of self or what their actions really say. And this actually gets a little bit more interesting because the funny thing about going back to the, the, the guy who was the cheat, I always felt to myself, if he was just to be honest, because he, like, he was a good-looking guy, females would be attracted to him. And, and I'm sure there'd be some females, if he was honest about how he liked to live his life, because I think he was just a very sexually driven guy who the normal constraints of your traditional relationship just will never work for. Like, I, I honestly think that was it with him. I, I don't think the traditional relationship would ever work for this guy in this world. And, and if he were to be more like the guy who's just honest about his situation, people would have more respect for him. And so... Ultimately, when we think about personal credibility is, are you true to your alignment? But also, are you true to your actions and how you represent yourself? And this kind of goes on to my my next point. And this is that you're not afraid to reveal your weak sides. You know, to, to reveal the parts of yourself where there's flaws, where... You're not strong. Where you struggle, even around character. You know, like, again, we've all, and, and I've been this myself. I was thinking about this, you know, like, I've been a version of myself where I represent myself to a level which is higher than what I am. Or, I, probably a better way of putting this is, I represent my weaknesses as not as bad as they are because I'm afraid of the, the, the perception that people can take from that. Now, it's something I try not to do, but I, I've, I've done it, and we've all done it. Well, not all, I can't say we've all done it, but many people will do this. And it's that we don't want people to understand our true weaknesses, so we're best not to reveal it. But I actually think you get more respect, and I think I've told this, this on the podcast in the past, but I remember years ago when I first started, no, a new manager had taken over at least me, was a lady called Mid, who's been on this podcast actually, Mid Thomas, and she rang me, and uh, she was doing her first call as a manager. She was ringing all the trainers from around New Zealand. And she rang me and she we had a conversation. And in the conversation I said something along the lines of, here's where I'll be your rock star. You get me to do this, this and that, I'm going to deliver for you. But here is where I'm really going to struggle. You know, A, I struggle in this area. And B, I'm not actually very good in this area. So if you, if you want to use me effectively, use me in my rock star areas. And if you want to use me in the other areas, I probably need some development. And they were quite raw. And, and, and actually, another area, actually, I remember when I first started working at the gym, because um, at that stage, I hadn't started my spelling lessons, so I couldn't really read or write. And, uh, and I was hugely embarrassed by this, like hugely embarrassed by this at this moment in my life. And I remember, like, it was one of those things I didn't want the world to know about, but I remember... I also wanted to go ahead in my career, and so I was worried that this would be a problem. So I went to my manager and I said, hey, look, I'm actually a really terrible speller and reader. Um, I'm working on it. I'm going to start getting some lessons and so on and so on. Um, and it was great because he was a really great mentor and he supported me. And he said, well, look, I still think you can get ahead in your career. Um, and here's how I think I can support you. But what? going back to the story of Mid, Mid later on said to me, in that phone call, I had so much more respect for you because you revealed your weakness in a way that was vulnerable, but also quite raw and honest. And I think in some ways, when we think about personal credibility, being able to reveal weakness, 
maybe not only weakness, but just areas where you're not strong or where you, or it could be weakness or vulnerability, actually gives you credibility. You know, if when someone can say, I'm not good at this, but then when they say, I am good at this, it's almost like you believe them more, if you know what I mean? So I kind of think that one of the things when we think about personal credibility is that ability to reveal your weakness. The next up thing I've written down here, and again, I'm going to just go through a list here. So today's show is going to be a bit different. It's not going to be like things to do at the end of this, but more just things to think about. It's just the evidence align up with what you, how you represent yourself. Does the evidence line up with how you represent yourself? And this is a really interesting topic in itself because sometimes people, you know, we've all met that person who, when you speak to them, you almost think they'd be a blooming legend. You know, and then when you actually go a couple of layers back, you realise oh, this person's actually not that much of a legend, or or at least the way they represented themselves is far lower than their real ability is. I remember years ago I met a guy who I was doing triathlon with. He was new to triathlon, and he came up to me. And you, the way you talk to this guy, you thought he was an Ironman winner. Like you seriously thought this guy was an absolute Ironman winner. So, you know, when I was, I was going to go training with one day, I thought, geez, man, I'm going to have to be really sharp to train with this guy. And he was kind of a beginner triathlete. You know, like he was not an Ironman winner, no shape, way, shape or form. He wasn't, um, you know, he, he, he wasn't even that good. <laughs> he was kind of at the beginning of his journey. And that's cool. But the way he represented himself did not align with the evidence that was true in his world. And the funny thing is with this guy was that you lost respect for him because you kind of thought, wow, you really don't get where you sit on your ability. You know, and if he just came along and said, I'm a beginner and I really look forward to getting better at the sport and I've got some pretty ambitious goals and so on, you, you know, why would have that been a problem? You would have just gone, oh, that's cool, good on you, mate. But because he represented himself at a much higher level based on the evidence of his ex- true self, he, he lost credibility. And I, when I think about personal credibility, like I think of my mate John Newsom. John's the guy I do the triathlon podcast with. And John's always really good at communicating his athletic ability based on where he is right now. So he doesn't say, I'm good, I'm bad. He doesn't say, I'm a good triathlete or I'm a bad triathlete or, you know, I'm an elite triathlete. Now, John is an elite triathlete. Any race he goes to, He's going to place in the top percentile of his age group. He's a very, very good athlete. And he's been an athlete for years and years in his life. But when you ask John, you know, how are you going? You know, where are you if you triathlon? He'll just say, "Well, right now I'm a, you know, I'm probably a nine-hour Ironman, or I'm an eight fifty-five Ironman, or I'm a nine fifteen. Like it's 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 it gives you an evidence statement based on where he is right now. You know, it's not a broad thing, and it's not misaligned. It's just, here's where I am right now. I do this with my piano playing. People say, well, you know, are you good on the piano? I say, well, no, I'm not. One thing I do say is, I don't think I'm as good as I could be based on the time I've put into it. But I kind of say, like, I'm a grade four pianist. You know, like, that's kind of my ability as a pianist. You know, like, if I were to sit exams, I'd probably sit around that grade four in some areas. Some areas they'd be a little bit higher. Some they might be like a five or a six. Some might be a little bit lower, like a one or a two. But overall, I'm probably like a grade four pianist. You know, that's a, that's a way to think about it. And I like this idea of that sometimes people don't, the way they represent themselves is not aligned to the evidence of their life. And and this can be both in the way like the triathlon person did, where it's a overly positive one, or it can be they're not representing themselves 
in an, in an unfair way on themselves. We see this a lot with people who are insecure with exercise, that they, they represent themselves as if they're the worst exerciser in the world, and they're actually better than what they represent themselves as. We get this for our runners. So we get some of our runners who start off our 5K group, do our 10K group, do our half marathons, done quite a few half marathons, and they still think they're a crap runner. And it's like, you're not a crap runner. Now, you might not be the fastest runner in the race, but you're a two and a half hour half marathoner, or you're a 245 hour marathoner. Like, you're actually a, a, a good runner who has a good running routine, and you're at this speed right now. And so I think one thing that's really important when we think about personal credibility is this kind of sense of making sure the evidence aligns with the way you represent yourself. Now, as we think about this, I was kind of thinking about, and now those are some ways I think about personal credibility. I ultimately think it's also just this inner sense of confidence that comes with it. Not confidence as in I can do something, but confidence that I'm being true to the real self that I am. Like I've been reading some articles recently about people who are quite fraudulent, and I kind of think, what's that life like? What's that life like where you know you're kind of living a lie? And what's the cost of that life? Now, I don't know. I imagine there's some people out there who, who do those types of behaviours and never even think about it. Um, but I know for me... I would really struggle to sit in this place in a way if I didn't have that personal credibility. Like there would be a place I would struggle with. And as I'm talking about this, I kind of think about, you know, why what why am I talking about this today? Well, when I think about healthy, I think, you know, obviously physical health, obviously things like nutrition, obviously sleep, but it's also that state you live in as a person, that inner state you live in. And I actually think when you've got personal credibility, you have a, a deeper sense of a healthier state within yourself. You know, again, if I think of that person who's a liar, like in the moments of my life, and it's been a long time since I've considered myself a liar, but when I was a young man, I was, there was, there was definitely, I, I lied to people, and, and, and sometimes in harmful ways, and sometimes in just in ways because I wanted to, you know, fake how weak I was at something, or, you know, or pretend at something I, I wasn't. Um, and there was always a cost, you know, like there was always a cost and, and, and it did take energy from my life to deal with that cost. Whereas now, whereas I feel I have a deeper sense of personal credibility, my state is a healthier place. And so when we think about personal credibility, now I've just come up with a few concepts there around what personal credibility could be. And, and I'm sure if, if I actually just sat down and had a good conversation with someone, there could be some, some deeper things to dig into there. But I suppose, you know, as you're listening to this, what do you think personal credibility is? And how are you doing this? So my, what did I say? I said alignment to the true self, being true to your words, um, not being afraid of revealing the weaknesses, and alignment of evidence. You know, those are the kind of the things that I wrote down when we think about personal credibility. And then I suppose the thing is, is how do you improve personal credibility? So if we think about it, I think there's a few things, first of all, is that honesty thing, you know, and, and I've kind of touched on that already, but the ability to represent the true self to yourself, to the world, is actually one thing that helps it make it easier for you to have personal credibility. The other thing I think that's really important is you don't put yourself in situations where you're going to have to 
go against your credibility. So, so one thing for me, one thing that, that's really important to me is that I'm, I'm a faithful person. You know, I'm a faithful person to my partner. That, that's something that, that I've got a lot of personal credibility about. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to cheat on my partner. It's, it's, a, it's a values thing. Um, I want to be a good husband uh, and all the rest of it. Um, so that's a really important thing. And it's something that, you know, talking about personal credibility, I can sit here and proudly say that I am a good, faithful partner. Mm. Now, one thing I do do is I would never put myself in situations where temptation was really extremely high. Now, it makes it easier for me because I don't drink alcohol. But if I drank alcohol and I put myself in certain situations, there's a higher risk. Now, I'd like to think that that still would not happen, but there is a higher risk. You know, and so in my life, I've created a life where A, I don't drink because I know when I drink, I make big mistakes. And B, I don't put myself in situations where those kind of opportunities would be, you know, you know, the Adam's apple is right there in front of me, if you get what I mean, or, or the apple from the trees right there in front of me. You know, so it's that kind of thing of when you think about the life you're creating, are you creating a life where it makes it easier for you to maintain personal credibility? When you, when you think of like, you know, you think of the movie of the, the kind of person who goes down downward spiral. As often, you know, they, they make one mistake and then they have to dig a hole to get out of that mistake, but they have to take risks to get out of that mistake. And then they, you know, they go deeper, deeper, deeper down this kind of loop of bad decisions, which means they have to take higher risks and so on. And I kind of think that, you know, when we make life choices, we have to make life choices that are aware of these deeper level things. You know, like for me, giving up alcohol was because I was, you know, I'm going to be honest, when I was younger, I was a cheat myself. Like when I was drunk, I would just end up trying to get with people. Like it was just one of the things I did. Now, there's many reasons I gave up alcohol, but that was definitely one of them. I, it was pretty much impossible for me to be a good partner if I was an alcohol drinker. Like it really was. It just Now, I don't know if that would be the case today. I don't know. It's been so long since I've drunk alcohol. But I've created a life where... I don't have to face that. So I, I, I make it easier for myself to maintain my personal credibility in that area because I don't put myself in risk situations. And I suppose when you think about this, and we expand it out to, you know, I've talked a lot about cheating today for some reason, but um, when we expand it out to a deeper conversation, what we're thinking here is you don't, in the areas where your values are important, how do you make life decisions that makes it easier for you to be aligned to who you truly are and have your personal credibility. And how do you avoid times where it's harder for you to do that? And here's a really good example. The people you choose to spend your time with. The people you choose to spend your time with. Because there's some people in your life, in all of our lives, who are the devil on our shoulder. You know, that if you're going to spend time with that person, their influence could make you become a version of yourself you don't like. And make you take actions that deep down you're going to regret. Most of us have some of those people in our lives. You know, those people that, you know, that can push you down the wrong path. And when we think about choosing the people in our life, well, that's a risk, isn't it? When you think about it, it's not a risk, but it's, a, it's an assessment that needs to be done. Because if I'm going to surround myself with a certain bunch of people all the time, there's a higher chance that I will follow their types of behaviours. Now, when I think about the people that I've chosen to be the people I spend my time with in my life, they're good people. You know, the, the, 
you know, the good people who align, you know, it's, it's, it, they're good people for many reasons, but, but also because it makes it easier for me to be myself in this world. And when we think about the risks you put yourself in, Sometimes you can put yourself in environments which mean there's a risk that you're going to compromise who you are as a person. So when I think about personal credibility, one of your jobs is to choose consciously the people, the places, the environments that you're putting yourself in that are actually not just about avoiding the risk of losing yourself, but actually about enhancing a deeper level of personal credibility. Like that's yeah. Like when I think about some of the people I surround myself with, and you spend time with them, and you walk away, and, and if anything, you're exploring a deeper self, and that's to me the way we want to look at it. It's not just you know not avoiding the risk, but it's actually enhancing the side of yourself you want to be. I think another one that's really important is boundaries, and I think this is one of the biggest problems when we think about personal credibility because I think people set their lives up, and many times for impossible for them to win. And I'll share an example. So. Stuff.co.nz, which is New, Zealand, is New Zealand's biggest website. So it's the most clicked on website in all of New Zealand. It's basically a news website, but it's kind of got everything. So it's got sports, lifestyle, news, and so on. They've approached me recently about doing a project for them, a fitness project for them. It's a really good opportunity for me. Um, I want to do a really great job for it. And they came to me with a very short time frame. Like basically they came to me about a week and a half ago. They want the project done by next week. Uh, and the project's a week that's probably realistically we needed a couple months for. Now, I was really clear with my boundaries around how I could make this work. I was, I was like, yes, I want this opportunity. I want it, you know, thank you for thinking of me. I can definitely make this work. But here's how it's going to have to work. Here's where I can deliver. Here's what you can expect from me. Bang, 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 bang. I was very clear around the boundaries. And the reason was because when I looked at my timeframes and I thought about my, my timetable, I was like, well, based on this, this is what I can commit to this time. Now, if I hadn't put those boundaries in place, they could have asked more of me to a point where I couldn't deliver. And then there's two credibilities to get hurt there. First of all, the credibility that I can't deliver. So my external world learns that they can't trust me to actually deliver. But secondly, I would have blown up. I would have, you know, like I, I, I just wouldn't, you know, like my, think of my experience at that time. You know when you've had the experience where you've got 20 hours of work to do and you've only got five years to do it and actually you're not going to get it done. You know, you know, even if you're, you know, you're, you're maximized that five hours, you're not going to get it done. And that sense of stress and, you know, all that kind of negativity that comes with that place in this situation, that could have happened to me. But because I was very clear with my boundaries, sure, this is a big project and I've got a lot of work to do and I'm working my butt off like crazy. And this is partly why today's show is a bit like, I just need to think of something off the cuff because this, this job here has kind of been on the last thing I need to do. But I knew I could do it. And I also knew I could do the project, but I also knew within my own personal credibility that I had the character traits to, 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 to fill the amount of time in around basically what I had to do. And when I think about boundaries, I think this is one of the most important reasons boundaries are important in life. Because when you don't have boundaries, you wake up in a situation where you are overwhelmed, out of your depth, and not even liking what you're doing. And so when we think about personal credibility, you know, I, I said before, think about the people we surround yourself with. There's some people who bring temptation and like the devil on your shoulders. But also boundaries are a bit like this as well. Because if you don't have boundaries in place, then 
ultimately you're going to you, you, your credibility has to crumble or it's going to be a real struggle to maintain your personal credibility through it so something around that and probably on that side is sometimes when you wake up in a place where you have not looked after your boundaries or you are in the deep end is to have personal credibility to go to people and say hey look I'm actually in, I'm deep end here now and I need to be able to figure out how you know I need some support or I need less of a load you know those types of things as well and probably the last one that I wrote down was just this idea of good awareness tools. I, I, I think the greatest thing every human should do, if you have one tool to your life that is the most life-changing tool of all, it is awareness tools. Seriously. Journaling, self-reflection, meditation, um, awareness tools. When you have a true sense of where you are right now, you can make good decisions based on that. And I just think that awareness tools, whatever the, your awareness tools could be, is to me one of the most powerful tools in life. Like, when you can truly see where you really are in the world right now, you can make better progress forward. And if you can do that often in your life, two things happen. A, you don't slip back that much. B, you stay aligned more often and you evolve more. So when it comes to improving self-credibility, things like looking out for the risks, being honest, having boundaries, having great awareness tools. I'll be be honest, obviously there'll be more. And you could probably, right now as I'm talking about this, you could probably identify a few yourself. But ultimately, if we are thinking about this kind of concept of personal credibility, this idea of the way you sit within your own space has a sense of credibility, is a really healthy way to live your life. And I, I'm sure some of you listening to this right now, maybe don't feel you do have much personal credibility, you know, or even maybe an external credibility. And the ideas that I've given you today, and, and I'm sure there'll be more, but is that ultimately when you're at the party and you're talking, do people go, yep, that guy's really true, or that person's really true to what they are saying? And you say it in a way where you know deep down inside yourself that you're representing yourself in a true way. And that's a really healthy way to live your life. And if we think of that mind space of health, it's easy to be a healthier version of yourself if you have great personal credibility. So I'm not really giving you a checklist of things that you need to practice this week, but maybe just do some reflection on this. And maybe even ask, you know, here's a good little challenge for you. Ask the people in your life if they think you have personal credibility. Because it's a it's a really interesting thing to think about. Uh, if you do this, you'll always be a higher version of yourself. I have to always wrap it up like that, so that's why I did that. Right, that's this week's show pretty much done and dusted. Next time I'm trying to get an interesting interview on. I think I've, I've, I've had a lot... I did this 21-day challenge a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of episodes ago, and man, I've had so much feedback on it, like quite mind-blowing, and some really great feedback. So I thought that um, I may, I may just may interview somebody who's done the challenge. So that might be my next interview. I think it'd be quite cool to sit down with someone who's been maybe struggling with their health recently and just chat about why the challenge worked and what they learned from the challenge. So yeah, maybe even why it didn't work if it didn't work for people. So uh, look out for that next episode. If you want to support the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com, go to podcast, go support me, and then you become a patron. Thank you to those who already are patrons. If you want to get my new book, Passion About Exercise, go to passionaboutexercise.com. Remember, you can also get my course, which is basically me mentoring you pretty much for like a year 
automated videos. They are automated. It's not live, but it's pretty much like a one-on-one video each week for a year to bring exercise into your life. It's a really great course. So you can check that out on the passionaboutexercise.com. Just click on course to check that out. Anyway, that's the show pretty much done and dusted. I'll be back in a couple of weeks from now with an interview that will, you know, will help you. Well, hopefully with somebody who's done the 21 day challenge. As always, keep being you. Thank you.